It's time again for a wild conversation with the Greater Vancouver Zoo. Here are Jess and Wiggy. I can't believe it's already time for another episode of A Wild Conversation with Manita Prasad, zoologist at the Greater Vancouver Zoo. Now, every time I drive by on my way home from work, I can't help but notice how insanely jam-packed the parking lot is. But that is good news for you guys. That is good news for us. And primarily, I think it's because our Mesozoic Park has opened up which is a journey back in time that takes you back to the era of the dinosaurs. So we do actually have a trail that walks through uh, one of the enclosures where you're immersed in the era of dinosaurs, um, animatronic dinosaurs, and it really tells a story as you journey back in time. I'm picturing Jurassic Park. Yeah, it is. It is pretty cool. And I, as you know, T-Rex is probably, you know, most people's favorite dinosaur. And the one thing that I love about the T-Rex are its little front arms move, (laughs) which is hilarious. Just gives you (laughs) an idea of actually how useless those arms must have been for him. (laughs) So is that, is that something extra that um, guests will have to to purchase or does that come with like a day pass and you can kind of go wherever you like? It is free for everyone, so free with general admission. Got it. Okay, great. Good very to nice. know. Nice we'll to, to catch up with what's going on I have then. to get down there very soon. Yeah, the T-Rex yeah. arms are very... <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, like when they're trying to bend over to pick something up, but yeah. they can't. <laughs> that meme that is on the internet. Uh, all right, so we're not talking about dinosaurs this week. We are talking about gray wolves, and let's jump into global distribution. What does that mean? So gray wolves are one of the most wide-ranging land animals. They occupy a wide variety of habitats, from Arctic tundra to forest to prairies and arid landscapes. So they actually once ranged throughout the northern hemisphere, from the Arctic all the way down to central Mexico. Uh, They were found in North Africa and southern Asia as well. Are there different kinds of gray wolves, like different breeds, I want to say? Yeah, so there are several different subspecies. Uh, In Canada, we have the Arctic wolf, which is primarily in the Canadian Arctic. Uh, We've got timber wolves that are south-central Canada, so primarily surrounding the Great Lakes, and the northwestern or Rocky Mountain wolf, which is in western Canada all the way up to Alaska. So what kind of wolves would you find, let's say, on Vancouver Island? Because I know... Uh, sometimes you hear about wolves being a problem within Pacific Rim National Park. So that's actually a subspecies called the Vancouver Island wolf. Oh, okay. Yeah, when I first started at the zoo, we did have a pack of Vancouver Island wolves that lived in our North American wilds area with our black bears. And they could just live together, I guess, because I guess they do in, in nature anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They do coexist in the wild. Now let's talk about pack life and these wolves. The wolves are very social animals. Uh, They live in groups called packs and have a highly organized social structure. So there's often an alpha male and an alpha female. So they're the dominant pair and often the only one who have rights for breeding within the pack. Then you have the beta wolves that are ones that support the alphas, the deltas who help protect the pack. And of course, there's always an omega or lone wolf 
who is the least dominant and the, the lowest of the pecking order. I remember the, I forget what that wolf's name was, the lone wolf that lived on that little tiny island just out, off of the, off Vancouver Island. Yes. And then sadly, it, it lived over there by itself forever. And then it came ashore and then sadly, hunters got to it. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, lone wolves are often um, kicked out of the pack. And when they do, they usually stick to themselves. They're very um, elusive and they hardly ever vocalize because they just don't want to attract attention to themselves. But there are times when omegas will actually find a mate and become the, the alpha. So it's the dynamics of a pack are always changing. So what is it about the lone wolf? Like, like how, how does one wolf get kicked you know, out of the group? Kicked out of the group. Like what does he, what does he do that, you know, that doesn't really mesh with the other, other wolves? Well, most oftentimes it's one that the alpha may favor if the alpha female wasn't around, right? So the alpha female will purposely suppress her so that the alpha male doesn't mate with her. I mean, but it can be a male as well, so so vice versa. It's In every um, pack or herd system, there's always a least dominant animal. That's just the, the, the what naturally happens. And so, how, how like, how big is a pack normally? It can range in size from about 6 to about 20. It usually consists of a, a family unit. So the alphas, um, sometimes um, alpha siblings, and their offspring. Now, do these wolves typically, you know, when you hear about them being a problem on Vancouver Island, is there something that draws them towards people, like bears, let's say? Uh, no, they're usually seen as a threat to livestock, mm. and they were actually hunted and poisoned historically as a result. So this, along with habitat destruction, saw a decline in population numbers, particularly in the United States. So global populations right now are stable, but, but are about a third of what they were historically because they were so heavily persecuted in developed areas. And so do the, do the gray wolves live in dens or are there specific habitats um, that, the, that they, that they um, live in or different ones than dens or is it only dens? So they actually have two major phases in a year. There's the stationary phase, which is usually in spring and summer. So that's when they're rearing their pups and that's when they tend to stick closer to dens. And then they have the nomadic phase, which is usually in the fall and winter, which they tend to travel great distances, uh, usually following um, a herd of prey species. What are the chances of coming across a wolf in the wild? Very, very rare. (laughs) Um, Myself, I've only seen wolves by chance twice in my life. And that is only because as I've been driving across the country, they just happen to to be running alongside the road. Oh. And obviously when you see one, you know, you, you don't approach it. <laughs> no, like no, we're staying away, we're staying away like <laughs> uh, like the bears as well. Well, you know what? That's that's something that I don't understand. Like wolves historically have had a bad rap, you know, like the big bad wolf. When we think back to fairy tales, we think about the boy who cried wolf, Little Red Riding Hood, uh, the three little pigs. Wolves have always been depicted as, you know, this um, evil, conniving, tricky little character. But 
in working with wolves, I find the exact opposite. They're incredibly um, elusive. You really have to work hard to to gain their trust and to build a bond with them. So to me, I find it's the exact opposite. So I don't understand why wolves get such a bad rap. Um, I think it's because they would target easy prey like farm animals. They are probably one of my favorite and I find them just so fast like fascinating because they are so elusive yeah exactly and they're amazing they're they're so incredibly intelligent they're one of my favorite species to work with it is a wild conversation with Manita Prasad zoologist at the Greater Vancouver Zoo and this week we're chatting all about gray wolves and we will get into some fun facts and trivia next Journey back in time and walk with the dinosaurs at Greater Vancouver Zoo's new Mesozoic Adventure. Explore, learn, discover at the Greater Vancouver Zoo. Visit gvzoo.com. Now back to a wild conversation with the Greater Vancouver Zoo. Here are Jess and Wiggy. We're back with a wild conversation with Manita Prasad, zoologist at the Greater Vancouver Zoo. This weekend's episode is all about the gray wolf, and we've reached the part of the show where we get some fun facts, and of course, we'll play some uh, some trivia very soon as well. Where do you want to start here, Manita, with some fun facts? What's fact number one? So, wolves can go a week or so uh, without eating, but when they do eat, they can consume up to nine kilograms in one meal. I feel like we've heard this fact with a different animal before. Is it the... Uh, it was the tiger. and I, I Was it the tiger? I think so, right? Yeah. Oh, tigers can consume a lot. And again, it boils down to not um, not um, being uh, as efficient hunters. So, you know, again, about one every 10 attempts, they are successful. Right. And so uh, what would be... What would be some prey for, for, you know, aside from the obvious ones? Like, what, what's the, the most popular option for wolves? So, uh, larger ungulates. So, deer, elk, moose, that sort of thing. But they will, they're opportunistic. So, they will take smaller animals like rabbits, hares, frogs, even snakes, whatever they can catch. Just a little snack. Yeah. Yeah. Tied the, the main course. Tied them over before dinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, what's another fact? So the entire pack plays an important role in rearing the pups. So everyone has a role to protecting the pups, to babysitting, and to assist with feeding. So they really are a cohesive family unit. Now, the like, because we were talking about um, uh, tigers and stuff like that and how they actually depend on their mother for like two years, basically. Yeah. Are wolves kind of the same or they kind of push them out of the pack or, you know, kind of let them go? Yeah, it's generally around the the same time. At, at about two years, they'll kind of venture off on their own and look look for their own pack. So they're just like, well, I'm out of here. I'm leaving the family. <laughs> Thanks for your help. Thanks for your help, Mom. <laughs> males in particular. It's, it's harder for males to stick around in a pack, so males do tend to wander off a lot more uh, than yes. the females. I feel like that's similar to humans a boys little bit. Will be boys. boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. All right, yeah. what's, uh, what's up? What's up next? So humans are the leading cause for wolf deaths throughout the globe. Because of hunting? Because uh, persecution, unfortunately. That's the main cause. They're, other than humans, wolves have few natural predators. What are their predators? 
normally other wolves. <laughs> so in areas of high wolf density, uh, wolves will die either from starvation or from um, fighting uh, and interactions with other wolves. I would not want to come across a wolf fight. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, it would it definitely sound terrible. And, you know, and, and when um, when they are hunted, is it just for their fur or, you know, is there some is there some other reason for, for wolves? Trophy hunting. Yeah, for wolves to be hunted. Yeah, so trophy hunting, being hunted for their fur, but uh, a lot of the times it's just uh, for persecution, protecting livestock. Mm. All right, what's, uh, we have time for another fact. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so the a wolf's hearing is 20 times better than that of a human, and they do also have an amazing sense of smell thanks to their long muzzles, and it's about 100 times better than ours. Okay, so I was going to say, how far can they smell something, like a couple of kilometers away? So I heard it described once that it's like... Um, seeing in, in colors. So they pick up different scent trails and you imagine like say the scent trail of a rabbit is like the yellow line that they're following. The scent trail of a deer is the green line that they're following. So they have the ability to pick up different scents and track those scent trails for, for kilometers. So I don't know the exact extent of it, but they are just have an amazing sense of smell. Kind of like a dog. Kind of like a dog, but times 10. Oh, I was gonna say, do dogs have lesser of, uh, you know, scent than yeah. than the the wolves do? It really depends on the shape of a muzzle. So, blunt-nosed animals tend to have uh, less of a great sense of smell than animals with a longer muzzle. Like a pug compared to a wolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Pugs just snort and they sound like they're uh, always stuffed up. Yeah. All right. Do we want to do one more fact? Sure. Okay. Uh, one thing that I thought was really cool about wolves is that they typically mate for life. Well, that's good to know. So they find their forever wolf and then they just live happily ever after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless something happens to the mate, then they will accept uh, another mate because, you know, they want to maintain their pack. Oh, okay. So they move uh, kind of like, you know, sometimes we do sure. in life. Yeah. If that happens. Yeah. Okay, let's do some trivia questions. Okay. True or false? When wolf pups are born, they only have control of their forelimbs, so their front legs. So crawling is their only means of mobility. I'm going false. I'm also going to say false. No, it's actually true. What? Yeah, so when they first open their eyes at around 10 to 15 days old, they really only rely on crawling and just kind of drag themselves around. It's not until about 15 to 20 days when they start to stand, walk, and vocalize. I, I'm trying to picture that. But, I mean, it's so weird to think about these animals and some of the similarities that they have to humans. Yeah, yeah. So wolves are actually born uh, with their eyes closed and, and hairless. So they, they really need to, to have time to develop. <laughs> Blind and naked. <laughs> okay, what's another trivia question? Okay, true or false? Wolves howl at the moon. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say false. Yeah, it is actually false. They um, have to communicate with their pack or with rival packs. So it really is a communication tool for them. So where did that come from? Where did that like, uh, myth come from? Is it just like a Halloween thing or what? 
Yeah, no, it definitely could be were, uh, wolf man. That's what I right, think. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay, werewolf, yeah. Okay. Came from yeah. some movie. Yeah. Individual wolves are capable of taking down prey as large as A, deer, B, elk, C, moose, or D, none of the above. This is a hard one, Manita, but I'm, I'm, what are you going to go with? I'm going to go with D, moose. I'm going to go with the elk. Okay, so it's actually a deer. So an individual wolf, when they're hunting, are only um, capable of taking down the smaller ungulate items. To get the larger ones, they really rely on the help of the pack. Mm. Okay. All right. I haven't gotten any right yet. Okay, Okay, two more. Okay, wolves can reach a top speed of A, 25 kilometers, B, 35 kilometers, C, 45 kilometers, or D, 55 kilometers. Oh, I'm going to say 35. That's what I was going to... Gonna... Like, I'm picturing like a dog, but a little bit more than a dog. A little bit dog. faster, yeah. yeah. I'm going to say yeah. 35 as well. So they're actually a little faster than that. They're 45 <laughs> kilometers an hour, but and that's not very fast for a wolf because they're actually known for their endurance, not their speed. So wolves will run day and night uh, chasing uh, prey items. So if they were to participate in the 1500 relay at the Olympics, they would have a better chance because of the endurance. A better chance. I have a feeling they'd be winning gold. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> All right. One more trivia question. Okay. True or false? Adult wolves will carry food for their pups in their stomach and regurgitate it for the pups upon return to the den. I really hope not. I'm going to say false because it just sounds gross. <laughs> I'm going to say yeah because, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's actually true. The, the pups don't leave the den for about a month. So the the adults really have to make sure that they get the nutrition that they need. And they supplement. They do obviously nurse, but they do supplement with uh, with meat. Nothing says nutritious like <laughs> regurgitated meats. Sounds good. <laughs> Just wash it down with... Uh water or something i don't know <laughs> they don't but drink mi- well i guess it. they drink milk a little bit yeah they do they do nurse but how else are wolves going to carry meat right it's it's the most effective way for them to do it I, I guess so but how do they regurgitate it like is there like something that triggers it or can they just do it on command yeah they can actually do it on command so they have oh. amazing control of their <laughs> gag reflex i guess <laughs> <laughs> unlike you and i yes yeah <laughs> Oh, I love learning about wolves because they're just so fascinating and they're beautiful, beautiful animals. Yes, they are. And we do actually have four wolf pups at the zoo this year. What? Okay. We do, yeah. I actually did um, the health check on them yesterday. So do you get so. to go into the enclosure and like and check them out? Yeah, yeah. We did get our hands on them. We vaccinated them. We checked their teeth, checked their heart. Uh, sex them so we know that I've got one little male and three little females. Oh, and are they playful when you're handling them? No, they're terrified. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing like little puppies, you know? No, they're very different. And they actually like, they're quite large. Uh, they I, We'd estimate that they're about 14 weeks old now, but they've got sharp claws and incredibly sharp teeth. So you really have to be careful when you're handling them. Okay, you can find the zoo on 264th and Alder Grove. It's gvzoo.com for any of the details you need. Thank you, Manita. Uh, This was great again. Yes, always a wonderful time talking to you guys.